0: Welcome to the Mom Tuition Podcast, where we help ambitious moms tap into their intuition, find their purpose, and live their best life. I'm your host, Katie. Join me each week as we dive into career, business, self-development, and personal growth. Get inspired by successful moms and experts who have been in your shoes. This is your weekly dose of motivation and practical tips to unlock your true potential. Let's dive in. Hey, what's up, moms, and welcome back to the Mom Tuition Podcast. This is Katie, your host, and I'm pretty pumped about today's podcast topic. Fun has been part of my motivation throughout my life, my parents would say. Um, I'm very motivated by fun, and... But it's interesting, as I was preparing for this podcast episode, I realized how much fun changes. The definition of it changes over time, right? And I think this is something that's really hard to completely grasp in adulthood because we start to have expectations or there's outside expectations. And so. I it, it made me really dive into how fun, my definition of fun or what constitutes as fun, how that has evolved for me over the years and what that looks like now that I'm a mom and, uh, you know, kind of what's realistic and what's not, et cetera, and, and what what I want fun to look like. But before we really jump into today's podcast episode, I thought, you know, again, I keep giving a little life update. That's where we're at. And I am now 34 weeks pregnant and six weeks to go till the due date and time seems to be flying. I just ordered a bunch of stuff uh, on Amazon to prep for kind of that postpartum recovery. I feel way more organized second time around because I could go back to my Amazon cart from 2020 and 2021 when I was preparing uh for Grayson, my firstborn, and then also when I was, you know, postpartum for the first time. So it's easy to pick and choose what worked, what didn't work, what I Wanted more of what I didn't want more of. And I'll tell you what. To be completely transparent, moms, the perineal ice packs, game changer for me. I think I, I think I practically was sleeping with them in for the first week or so. Um, but I just ordered like a huge. Uh, I think Freedom Mom sells them, but you can get uh, the medical ones uh off of Amazon and for a lot cheaper and you can buy them in bulk and they're amazing um you know but anyway I was getting ready and and I'm just like the time is flying and last week I provided I I shared a lot about what you know has been overwhelming for me and how I've been reframing and so I said through action. So I thought I'd give you guys maybe week by week a little update on moving Grayson into his own room overnight. And we'll say it was a good start. (laughs) So Grayson and I slept two nights last week in his new room. And he, he did good. But he did keep wanting asking to sleep in mommy and and daddy's bed and I reached out to a co-sleeping specialist and I just asked her I, I had downloaded her guide a while ago called moving on from bed sharing and I I reached out to her and just said here's what's going on what do you think and I really what she said really resonated with me which was You want your kids to feel safe and secure in their room. And you want it to feel like they independently chose it. And you don't want to force it or push it because then it just backfires. You know, like, oh, like I don't want him to feel a sense of rejection or I'm moving him away or because honestly, if I could, I would keep him in there with me. But he's a light sleeper. And so I know there are, there are people, friends of mine, um, as well as just like people that I follow on Instagram where their toddler sleeps in bed with them and then their baby is in the bassinet. And truthfully, I would do that in a heartbeat. But Grayson moves and wakes up really easily. And so it's just going to be this kind of back and forth yo-yoing and I'm going to keep encouraging him to sleep in his room and let him know he's always able to come into mommy and daddy's room and again my husband travels a lot for work so uh, it's also just really nice and easier at bedtime to just have him right there and go to sleep and it's dark and I like to go to bed early and wake up early and that's exactly how Grayson is. But I do think it's also getting comfortable with his new room. So he, you know, we built out a new room for him and it's everything is new. It's bigger and it's a whole new sleep space and all of his toys are well, not all of them, but the majority of his toys are in there now and books and it's, it's a big change overall. So we got him comfortable. He immediately adapted to napping in there. No problem. So I think as he gets comfortable napping, we'll keep encouraging him to try sleeping there overnight and I'm just hopeful that over time, over the next month and a half, that he his comfortability and his excitement for independence grows. If not, we will just make the most of it and we'll figure it out. Uh I am One thing I feel very confident in is, again, sleep feeling like a safe and secure place and comfortable and I just feel really strongly about that and so I'm going to continue to make sure that that's how he feels and I will keep giving you guys updates, but we did make progress. I mean, huge progress. Two nights in a row, overnight in his bed and you know he sleeps oh he we travel but not very much and so but when we do travel to either my parents house in Wisconsin or when we stayed in a hotel or an Airbnb it usually takes him a few nights to adjust to that new place and he usually is saying something like I just want to go home and He's He just has that slow to warm temperament. So I'm being really mindful and respectful of that side of him and giving him space to adjust to this change. And I feel like it's going to be very similar with a sibling for him. And so I'm adjusting my expectations that it's going to take him time and uh, to let go of maybe this... um, you know, because he loves playing, I bought him a boy baby doll, and he loves taking care of baby brother doll. He asks to bring him on walks. He wakes up the morning and says um, he wants to go check on baby brother and see how he's doing. He has asked me to hold him while we read books or our nanny has shared with me that he has said, "Can you feed baby brother while I eat lunch?" and he's just including this baby boy doll in a lot of play and activities and I I'm I think that's awesome and exciting and going to help him through that transition, I hope, but I do expect there to be you know, some big emotions around me not being quite as available as I am right now. So after I recorded last week's podcast, I feel like I processed a lot of information as well as I was sharing um, through all the reframes that I did. And I just wanted to share how that was continuing to come to light now. Um, It's wild to be pregnant a second time. I also a little update and just interesting, I think this is just thought-provoking, and I would really love to hear your all's thoughts or your all's experience with this, uh, whether it is from your own perspective of being, you know, one of X amount of siblings, or maybe you just had your second kid, or you're about to, or you're thinking about it, or whatever it is, but one the one to two kid transition i have a few uh, i have a friend that is um two friends that are pregnant with me right now one is a month ahead and one is a little less than a month behind and we've just been sharing about this one to two kids transition and what's coming up for us or maybe sharing articles it's been really 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 interesting and some of the articles I hadn't really thought about this very much, but now that I'm thinking about it, I've started to become aware of my own support or community and how it has changed, uh, this time around. And one of the articles that a friend shared with me was all about, you know, when you have your first, when you're pregnant for the first time and you have your first kid, it's like, every single person that knows you rallies around you. They're giving you gifts. They're dropping off food. They're asking how you're feeling. They're giving advice. They are just like, it is, it is wild. And it is like, how are you? How are you? How are you? How are you? And then, you know, the second time, and this is what the article shares. And I was like, yeah, that's totally accurate. Um, and then the, the, you know, obviously there are some big things that happen that don't happen with subsequent children because you don't need all of the same things. So like a baby shower is really big with the firstborn because there's a lot that you need. And with the secondborn, you already have a lot of the big things. So it's kind of like little things. And I know people do sprinkles and, and things like that. But in this article was really about how the second time it's almost like nobody is paying attention. It's more likely that people don't ask you how your how your pregnancy is going or how after the baby's born they don't ask as many questions, how are they doing or do you need help with anything or the meal support is less or you know just in general your community in your support changes. Now, I have a few thoughts on this. One, I think that's natural. Uh, I think, you know, again, the article di- stated it was interesting that people tend to think after you've done it one time, like you know what you're doing, and so you're good. You don't need anything. You don't need any help. You got this. You're good to go. My other thought is when before you have kids, you have all of these, you, your friendships are a huge priority. And in a, in a way where you have a lot of time for them, you know, and you also have your partner and you have your career in these things. But like friendships have a big piece of the pie. And then you have your first kid and you're kind of, doing all the things together. Maybe you're going for walks on maternity leave or talking about, you know, breastfeeding challenges or feeding challenges in general or uh, you know, just any challenge that comes out up and you're figuring things out and you're hearing, oh, you went for a run and how'd that go? And you're just checking in. And life is kind of slow ish even in that first year of your firstborn's life because, again, the mobility is less. And I say again because I've shared this in other podcast episodes, but, like, that first year with your kin, they don't move quite that much until they start walking. They don't talk very much. Maybe one word here or there by the time they're one. And they sleep a lot. And so there's just... I mean, it's easier to get together with a friend for coffee and just bring your kid along in the stroller and have a conversation, for example. Uh, And when you change to two kids or you're pregnant or all of a sudden these kids are toddlers, they require a different type of support right like you're watching you have to watch closely on safety they're moving everywhere they're pulling things out of drawers or they're throwing things or they're climbing things or whatever it is but all of a sudden it's even it's really hands on and so friendships start to change and there is you have this kid that you love and you want to spend time with and who requires a lot And I think for a lot of people, friendships change after becoming a mom. And I, you know, there's a lot of like negativity out there on how the friendships change. But I want to normalize how natural it is for friendships to change because your priorities shift, your time changes that of availability and it's. Maybe it's more texting. Maybe it's more phone calls. Maybe it is, and it's less about like that in-person time because it's harder. It's harder to get away for that. And so I think sometimes, you know, when I think about this one to two community and support changes, and I think about how these articles are describing the change, I feel like, A lot of it has to do with your community might get smaller initially. And therefore, there aren't as many people that maybe you're connected to in the way that you were prior because you had so much availability for connection. And it's it's a natural progression. And I think what's really important, though, is to find... a a few friends who you can share this season of life with and not stress too much about the quantity or how much time and just focus on those friendships that, you know, even if two months go by, you have the type of friends that reach out or you reach out to them and you still have that connection and to focus on those. But I do think that because, again, that availability, I think it's just natural. I don't think it's also just an assumption. I think, you know, I think we just naturally have a change, a shift in in those priorities. And so those friendships or that community support just isn't as grandiose as it was the first time potentially. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic because I find it really interesting because I do think that things come up the second time that we didn't experience the first time, like one to two kids. And I've had a couple friends really share. It's been so amazing for me for them to be vulnerable and share whether it's guilt that comes up for them or just you know the the challenges of the adaptability of their firstborn and how long it took whatever that looks like it's it's been amazing for the moms that I do know that have gone from one to two recently who have shared that with me because it's helping me process and helping me prepare myself emotionally for this change and how can I support the family how can I support Grayson how can I support myself and how will i support this newborn anyway i i wanted to touch on all of those things before diving in um and and i guess last is this is sometimes hard for me about the friendship and and i think a lot of us feel this way but as moms is you know we i get it like moms a, I've I've read a lot of articles or Instagram posts or reels, et cetera, and moms, you know, there's a lot of stories or sharings out there about how, like, friends just stop reaching out to moms, and I totally get that, you know? Like, we're not as available. I've also had friends um, who just are overwhelmed as a new mom themselves, or I also think that naturally, again, friendships change. Based off of, are you, do you have daycare friends now? Do you, maybe you have a nanny and therefore like your community didn't really change or grow in that way. Or maybe you signed up for a class that's working for you. I know a friend of mine takes her baby to a music class and she's made mom fr- friends that way. And, or maybe you're more introverted and you, really enjoy being in a couple mom online groups and that's how you connect. Or, you know, there's just different ways, but I think understanding and being okay with how your friendships change. And if you aren't feeling okay, um, you know, I think recognize what isn't working and, and think about what you do want and work towards that. I, but I do think there is sometimes we see people be a certain way or do things a certain way, and we think we should be doing it that way. And, and the most important thing is that you are happy with the community that you're creating. I also think, you know, some people have more family support and some locally, and some people don't. And so, People's friends are more like their family or, you know, it's just like in life, certain events or certain circumstances bring certain people closer or create more space in a friendship based off of where people are at in their life. And I think as moms, we can be really hard on ourselves with friendships, but again, What do you want your friendships to look like right now? And what is realistic? And what does community look like right now? What is realistic, I guess? When I say friends, I really mean community. So that could be family as well. But how this support changes over time, I think it kind of is up and then it goes a little down and then your kids go to school and then they join some type of sports or arts or something extracurricular and then you are meeting parents that way and the friendships in the parenting once you're a parent I think are evolving very much through the phases of your kids' lives. Um with that being said, okay, let's dive into redefining fun as a mom. That was kind of a long intro, but I'm hoping that some of that resonated with you guys. And if any of it did, reach out to me, DM me at the mom tuition. But okay, so fun. Just think right now, take a moment and think, what is your definition of fun? Isn't that you're happy and laughing? Is it adventurous? Is it... Um, You know, fun to me is something that lights you up inside. That when you do it, you feel just on top of the world. You are smiling and enjoying whatever it is you are doing. And you feel like that was awesome. So before kids, there's this, you know, when you're, or actually, let's start with when you are a kid. Fun might look like um, play, right? Like play in the sense of playing with your toys. Maybe you're playing make-believe. Maybe you're doing magic tricks. Maybe it's playing sports with friends or having a slumber party and telling scary stories or You know, just as a kid, there's this play aspect involved. And then you go to college. And for me, you know, fun for me when I was a kid was very much playing make-believe, singing, doing gymnastics in our front yard, um, you know, juggling a soccer ball in the backyard Doing food science, taste testing experiments with my siblings, playing with my American Girl dolls, Barbie, um, watching a movie was is was fun. It's still fun. Um, and it was also you know sleepovers with friends, going to camp, things that would uh, create memories for me as well. Fun. That that's kind of a big piece of fun for me and then I went to college and fun definitely looked like being on the soccer team but it also really involved you know parties and you know just drinking with friends day drinking going to sporting events um, dancing oh my gosh so much dancing Um, drinking games you know, I love playing beer pong and uh, playing drinking card games and things like that. It, it was, it, that was college and that was what fun looked like. And then I graduated college and I would say fun looked like triathlon, I, girl talk, travel, e- exploring, um, You know, my own thoughts, feelings, being introspective, growing, doing self-help. And then I met my husband and fun evolved into dates and spending time with him and riding our bikes and going out to eat and laughing and teasing each other and flirting and travel and... And still doing triathlon and definitely still girl talk. I should have put girl talk in college days and high school as well. Love some girl talk. And then now, fun has really changed. It's family time, it's me time, it's this podcast. It is still girl talk, but it's few and far between these days. And, but it, to me, family really has become the main source of fun. I'm not saying it's not hard, you know, doing, cooking the meals and cleaning up and doing all of those things. But when I am in Grayson's world and I am present to be there and follow his lead and play it lights me up inside to hear his stories, to, uh, you know, watch him evolve in his make-believe play, in his basketball shooting, in his pool comfortability, in his, you know, mommy, mommy, watch this. And it's like a jump and a twist in the air or something. And it's just like, mommy, mommy, watch this. And to see his little face light up uh, as he asks me and I watch whatever he is doing that really is just hilarious. Um, And it makes me excited for talent shows, to be honest. But it's interesting how fun is easy to find when we look for it and when we let go of what it should look like. And I think that, again, fun can be glamorized in the parenting world, like parents going on a vacation, just the two of them, or parents doing date nights all the time, or, you know, fitness and reaching goals and marathons and triathlons, or uh, going, you know, doing a girls' night or a girls' trip, And I, that it all is fun. But I think it's okay to also be the moms or the parents that when kids are really, really young, to not do those things. It's great for the parents who feel comfortable. They're going to concerts, they're traveling, they're, you know, doing, finding this time But it's also okay if you really like spending time as a family or with your kids. And that time allotment is different for everyone. And I also think some people, like, this is why it's so important for you to find your own definition of fun. But I think the point that I'm trying to make is don't look at what other people are doing unless you're getting inspiration from it. Look at what, just ask yourself, what how do you want to spend your day, your week, your month, your year? What would fun look like to you? And try to find elements of fun. Maybe, and I think in this season, you know, I have a two and a half year old, and I'm about to have a newborn. Fun might look like reading a book for 30 minutes. Or and it goes kind of back to the podcast episode I did on self-care, but I do think fun and self-care might go a little hand in hand a little bit because that's, you know, we don't find a lot of time for ourselves. I have two friends right now that have really gotten into pickleball, for example, which is so awesome. I love seeing that they're enjoying that time together. And I'm like, that's so great. You know, they they have found something in their lives to do for fun and they go and they play pickleball and that's like a weekly thing for them. And what is something that would just be fun, you know, and maybe it's not self-care related per se, but like what would that thing be for you? Is it going and getting coffee with a friend or is it maybe, maybe you really love planning scavenger hunts for your family or you love getting hyped for the holidays. So you look at a whole calendar year and you think, how can I make each holiday really fun as a family? And I think that's where you have this, we can either let the element that we've chosen, mo- You know, mo- most people listening to this and definitely from my perspective, we are choosing to grow our family. This is something that excites us Not taking away from, you know, the challenges that come with being a parent, but I wanted this. I want this. I loved my family life growing up. My parents made things all about family. And growing up, that was the greatest gift I could ever have received from them. And that is something I want to give to these kids. And I am so excited for camping and for singing songs and for uh, traveling and just adventuring and going and doing things that you wouldn't normally do n- without kids and I can't wait to go to Disney World or I guess I live in California now so Disneyland's closer. Disneyland and Legoland is right up the road and taking these kids on their first roller coaster and doing a family caricature and you know just giggling until somebody pees their pants type of fun i i think when when we talk about redefining fun as a mom i really think we are rediscovering fun as a family i think it is saying You have this new element. Things are different. Things are going to change. And asking yourself, how can I incorporate this awesome element that I have chosen to add to my life, into my life, versus feeling like it's taking anything away? When we think about, oh my gosh, I don't have time for this, and I can't do this, and I can't do that, we're just weighing ourselves down and it's like, well, then why did, why did those people have kids then? you know, like we, this is something that is so cool. And the time you talk to parents who have the teenagers or the kids in college or grown kids, you know, I know that it's not always the most favorite thing to hear, but time is fleeting and these kids are going to grow and they're going to grow fast and For me, fun is making the most of that and seeing them smile and giggle. And fun is playing some silly song on Spotify for Grayson that makes him laugh hysterically. And I love that. Like there's these, you know, you can find so many songs about poop for kids. And (laughs) this has been... I I just find it hilarious. So I play these hilarious, like, fart and poop songs for him um, during diaper changes. And he and I are just giggling. And to hear that, oh, you know your kids giggle. Oh, it just lights you up inside when they giggle. And tickle fests and, you know, doing family pillow forts and game night. Oh, I cannot wait for game night with Toffer and I used to be really big into games, uh, and I know that games with them is going to be so fun. Charades, Pictionary, Monopoly, you know, I'm sure there's cooler games out there now than than the classics as well. But like shoots and ladders, even like whatever it is, movie nights as a family and. You know, making, getting pizza or making popcorn or doing ice cream, you know, doing ice cream dates or things like that. Like, what can fun look like for you as a mom? And how can we redefine or, again, goes back to reframing. How can we reframe this element that is now part of our life for me having kids has given my life more meaning than it ever has it is giving me an opportunity to relive life through my child's eyes and being nostalgic again and doing trying at least some of the things that lit me up as a kid and you know, Grayson and I even uh, over the weekend made green muffins. Um I don't know if you guys follow, I think it's called Yummy Toddler Foods and I subscribed to her newsletter and I actually pre-ordered her cookbook. But she made she has like so many awesome recipes for kids and Grayson is starting to get to a point where you know, I want to include him in some cool baking and cooking activities. And so he helped me dump all of the ingredients into the Vitamix. And we made green muffins, Grayson's favorite color right now. And he was so excited and he's been eating one every day. And they're healthy, which is a perk to all of it. But, you know, that was fun and memorable and so cool And how can you find things that just stand out in your week each week? Maybe one week you do finger painting or one week, like I said, you bake. Or maybe one weekend you go, I don't know, travel, not travel. Well, sure, travel, but go to a theme park or try a family hike or camp, or just something to stand out, but it also can be as simple as going to the beach and building sandcastles. So most of this episode really is hopefully just inspiring or helping you ideate on what fun looks like for you. And how can you create fun as a family, in your own life? And as you do this, I hope that it helps you feel lighter, more inspired, more excited, and it helps you embrace this part of life. And I know it's hard. Believe me, I have a two and a half year old who definitely Is showcasing his wants and, you know, and testing limits and boundaries. And there, you know, for every laugh or happy moment, there's a moment to teach or to guide or to keep him safe. And it's definitely a roller coaster, but there's so much joy. There's so much fun in these little balls of energy and I, I want that for everyone. I want you to feel excited and find the fun in parenting and as a family. And with that, I would love to hear from you. You can connect with me on Instagram at the mom tuition, or you can email me, katie at the mom Or maybe this episode really resonated with you, or maybe there's a friend of yours that could hear it or needs to hear it right now. Go ahead, screenshot it, or just hit the share button and share it with them in a text or a DM. I, I would love to connect with other moms on this topic and how can we support each other in finding the fun in this season of life, in parenting, in mom motherhood, and especially as the chaos continues to grow like it's about to in a few weeks for our family. And with that, Uh, I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much for your continued support. I can't believe this is episode 17. That is just wild to me. Um, I'm loving this. I hope you are loving this. And let's connect soon. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And yeah, talk soon.